In this era of grave spiritual crisis, it is not enough to simply know about your Catholic faith. That is why we need a Catholic toolbox to equip us with the practical skills necessary to live our Catholic faith to reach our ultimate goal, which is heaven for all eternity. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Join us every Tuesday night at 8pm for the Catholic Toolbox as we hand you the tools to go forth, live the faith and change our modern world today. Live on The Voice of Charity. Welcome back to another week in the Catholic Toolbox, The Art of Practical Catholicism. I'm your host and founder, George Manasseh, here as we equip you with practical tools to live your Catholic faith in our modern world of today. And this week, we're reflecting on the sacraments, which are the seven pillars of grace that we receive from our Lord Jesus Christ, and specifically through the lens of Bishop Fulton Sheen. And when you mention Bishop Fulton Sheen, and uh, studying Bishop Fulton Sheen, understanding Bishop Fulton Sheen, there's no one that better that comes to mind than my good friend here, Alan J. Smith. Welcome aboard, Alan. George, it's great to be back on The Voice of Charity. And uh, thank you for having me because, uh, you know, uh, with the lockdowns, uh, both in Australia and here in my country of Canada, I think, um, you know, we're going to go back. Um, they're going to let us out, I think. And so uh, <laughs> hopefully uh, we'll end up back in the churches and start uh, practicing the sacraments. So we might need a bit of a refresher course. And uh, Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen has, uh, you know, presented uh, a very good case of why to practice the sacrament. So uh, we'll chat a little bit today. So thanks for having me on. It's actually great to have you back on. It's been such a long time uh, since you were on the show. And uh, I believe I'm appearing on your show uh, this coming Friday here, Sydney time. So yes. it's definitely such a pleasure to have you Uh I was just speaking with a few other people, you know, in the United States. And interestingly, when you bring up Bishop Fulton Sheen, you're the man for the job. So you are the, the, the Bishop Fulton Sheen expert, as some people put it. And then I don't want to give you a big head, but. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, some people call me the Sheen machine, you know, because I just, I'm, I'm, I'm consumed by um, his works, but, you know, I think I try not to miss an opportunity to share his wisdom, because when you think about his life and his legacy, uh, Fulton Sheen was in everyone's life almost every day, uh, especially in uh, the United States of America, because of his weekly radio show, his weekly uh, television show. And he, for 30 years, he had a, a weekly newspaper column. So he was kind of, um, let's just say, very present to the people of America. Uh, through print media, uh, television, and radio. So uh, he was kind of the trusted voice to listen to, and uh, of course, even the pen to, to read, because again, he was making spiritual commentaries in his weekly column. So uh, again, Fulton Sheen was kind of like that good parish priest that moved into your house, and uh, you got to uh, enjoy his wit and wisdom. I mean, the interesting thing about Bishop Fulton Sheen is that he was a bishop, yet many times today in a contemporary world, we don't often see bishops as people who would run or host a show or even have, let alone have the time, given the amount of work and uh, layers of committees and, uh, and things that they have to peel through. I mean, and he actually stood out as some, one of the most successful shows out there and in, in the media. It really is a shining example of what we can do, especially as lay people in the midst of the world, who may not be as busy as a bishop, it, it doesn't get. It really stands out as as an example, which leaves us with no excuse but to take action in the media and to be out there. You and I are on um, radio shows here. You're in the United States of America. Uh, sorry, <laughs> Canada. Sorry, I was making a mistake there. 
Um, you're in Canada. Uh, I always confuse my two friends in the United States and Canada. That's what we do here as Australians. Uh, but you're on Radio Maria Canada, and we're here on Voice of Charity Australia and also on TV Maria, television in the Philippines. It's important to be in the media, to be out there. I mean, the evil is propagated in the media. So really, Bishop Sheen has inspired me in that respect. I mean, just watching his energy, his enthusiasm, it, it's so refreshing, especially I think many bishops can actually look and watch his show and just see the energy that you get out of it. But let's go straight into our discussion here about the sacraments. Give us an overview about the sacraments and specifically through Bishop Sheen's lens. If you want to start us off here. Right. All right. Um, we have to go back and look at his body of work and uh, understand first and foremost that uh, Archbishop Sheen lived a sacramental life himself and, of course, wanted to share the joys of these sacraments with the world. Um, and so, of course, he knew that um, not everyone would, re would remember his talks. And so he put his writings to pen. So in 1962, uh, Folden Sheen wrote the book, These Are the Sacraments. And it was his way of, uh, of course, just leaving something for everyone to have in their homes. And, and I always say every good Catholic home should have, you know, some good holy books, but one or two books on the sacrament, you know, especially. And so he knew that. And so in 62, he wrote this book and um, it beautifully outlines the seven sacraments. And uh, of course, Fulton Sheen knew that, um, uh, again, the art of beauty. And so he included photographs uh, in this book. And so, of course, you see, uh, and again, he had a very famous photographer, uh, Joseph Karsh, uh, do the photos. And so, uh, again, it just, I think a lot of times we like to see a picture with the words to really make it sink, sink in. And so uh, again, Fulton Sheen did this in 1962, uh, but he also in 1965 wrote a catechism series because he wanted to be able to give people, you know, a 50 lesson plan to uh, live the faith. And so he thought, you know, again, he did an audio recordings, of course, so people could listen to them, but he put it to pen at the same time. And so people call this the Sheen Catechism, uh, because again, his, uh, his zeal for souls, uh, you know, it's infectious, of course, we want to imitate him, but he put on convert classes and uh, brought tens of thousands of people into the faith. And so he was quite famous for that. And of course, a great deal of one-on-one -on -one instruction too. But again, it's this zeal that he said, you know what, um, you know, I, I'm going to make it so that, yeah, sometimes when a parish fails, and I, I don't mean to say it that a parish fails, but sometimes some parishes don't really have a team of catechists to share the faith. And, um, you know, he was thinking if they, you know, drop the ball or maybe don't uh, have a program, I have a book that uh, people can pick up and uh, use themselves. And so I've been blessed to have just re-released that 1962 book uh, in a book uh, called Archbishop Sheen's Book of Sacraments. And for our audience on YouTube, they might see it here on the screen. And uh, again, this book contains his writings on the sacraments, uh, be it the Book of Sacraments, and also three to get married, because uh, Archbishop Sheen knew that uh, the majority of people do get married. And of course, you think of how, George, you know that full well now, the, um, the joys of being married. And uh, of course, you and your wife are um, in, enjoying the lockdown together as newlyweds. So God, married uh, you know what? The Sydney lockdown. So I think it's, it's been a great time to connect. And it's been a great rite of passage. We've seen it as a rite of passage. So <laughs> that's all good. Yeah, yeah. So again, this book, Three to Get Married, with, that he penned in 1951, um, you know, my mom and dad read that book as marriage preparation. Um, you know, even back, uh, they were married in 1957, but uh, even in their day, uh, Fulton Sheen was revered and his writings uh, were taken seriously. And so, of course, uh, again, that book, Three to Get Married, is still um, touching hearts in a very special way. So uh, I always say, you know, again, who do you go to? Well, Bishop Sheen, you have to remember, he had a sacramental grace um, given to him 
when he became a bishop. And, you know, we call upon our Lord to send uh, all the help that we can get. And of course, um, again, our Blessed Mother gives these graces. And that grace of saving souls and helping bring people to the faith uh, comes as a bishop because he has that zeal to um, teach the faith, especially, and uh, to, of course, give the sacraments, that sacrament of confirmation, uh, especially that a bishop usually, um, you know, gives to people. So uh, all these things, but still, again, uh, there's seven sacraments, and we'll go through them a little bit uh, together today. And uh, again, Fulton Sheen uh, doesn't like to miss, you know, he doesn't want to leave any stone unturned. He is very, uh, um, I want to say, thorough in his teaching, and uh, not kind of willy-nilly and say, well, okay, we'll talk about baptism, and but we'll get it done in five minutes, you know, no, 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 he goes through it step by step by step, which is beautiful, and what you'll find is when you read through the pages of Fulton Sheen, especially about the sacraments, you'll just be in awe of how much power and efficacy there is in the sacraments, so uh, again, that's just a quick overview, but I think I, people have to understand where Fulton Sheen was coming from, uh, he came from the, uh, um, I want to say, that position of being pastoral uh, in every opportunity he had. He was like a parish priest, but had a parish of 5, 10, 15 million people. So, you know, he had a lot of people to catechize, but uh, he did a great job. He absolutely did. So it's really what really interests me a bit about Bishop Fulton Sheen is the fact that he created resources for people who couldn't catechize themselves and that's very relevant for our time as well at the moment where there aren't many good teachers of the faith there aren't many people I, I think who who are able to catechize in an orthodox manner the faith and transmit the infallible teaching of the church effectively especially in the parishes especially in schools so i think the antidote to that is really to create resources where you don't have to do the work you just need to be the middleman or the the pipeline by which uh, students can read a book three to get married students can read a book cds even just watching his episodes would you would you categorize them as catechetical could they replace catechesis or, or substitute for classes of catechesis? That's my interest. Yeah. I, I, would, I would answer yes to that, in that, um, let's be honest, um, sadly, sadly, people don't know their faith. Um, you know, you ask anyone, they, they may all say, oh, yeah, I, I'm Catholic. I, you know, I belong to the church, you know, in some loose um, sense of the word um they may only go to mass twice a year uh or you know on funerals and weddings but uh they still consider them part of the church but if you said to them you know oh could you explain what the eucharist is um could you uh tell me about what maybe the seven um virtues are uh, could you you know or, or you know just little questions like that um we'd all they all draw a blank you know uh, they really couldn't explain to you, you know, what they received at baptism, what happened at confirmation, um, you know, what is the, uh, you know, holy priesthood all about, um, you know, what is the, what are last rites? Uh, we don't, we don't know because in all honesty, how many of us sit in catechism class, you know, many of us uh, go through parochial schools and um, kind of rely on uh, maybe a religious sister to give us a little bit of instruction, but have we ever studied our faith, like ever studied it? And, you know, for most of us, and I say the most of us, uh, we haven't studied our faith. We don't really know, um, you know, the, the depth of our faith and the depth of the teachings on the sacraments. So uh, this is why I just say to people, it's nice to have the book or the CD or the uh, video because where are we going to find a catechism teacher? Like, you know, if, if you put an ad out, you know, to have a, a catechist come work at the parish, um, you may not get that many applications because people probably don't have the confidence to even teach the faith. And, and how many parents just say, I just don't feel comfortable uh, teaching the faith. Uh, I'll get someone else to do it, you know. 
and yet uh, it is our responsibility to uh, teach the faith. And sometimes, sadly, I have to say to the fathers, you know, that that responsibility rests on you. And uh, there sometimes many fathers today are quick to, um, you know, uh, just shrug off that responsibility. But again, these books, these videos, these audio recordings are great to have, and they really are teaching tools. And, you know, if I could give a shameless plug uh, to my website, it's just simply called bishopsheentoday.com. And uh, what I did years ago was I found all the videos that are on YouTube, uh, Fulton Sheen's uh, television shows, his lectures, uh, looked for all the audio recordings, those MP3 downloadable files that uh, people would love to just, of course, carry with them and listen on their commute. And of course, there's many of his writings that have been digitally um, scanned. And so you can go and read his writing. So uh, that website, bishopsheentoday.com, and I said Bishop Sheen Today because we, we need Bishop Sheen Today, uh, you can watch hours of videos for free, uh, download 400 MP3 files for free, and uh, look about 20 of his books um, that are free. So everything's free. So you can, again, just be catechized by Bishop Sheen uh, on the website. That's a one-stop shop for Bishop Bolton Sheen. If if you need everything culminated into one place, you can go to bishopsheentoday.com. Is Bishop right. Sheen.com. Yeah. Check it out. Yeah. And you put right. it together. Yes. Yeah. And, and, and people that know me know, and again, we, we have a little chuckle sometimes is that uh, my day job, I am a pipe fitter plumber. Okay. So uh, people call me the pipe padre because, you know, I'm this plumber that has a spiritual side. Right. So, but uh, still, I think at the end of the day, I just say, you know, I have a soul and I want to save my soul and the good Lord is sending me uh, some help. And of course, he put Fulton Sheen in my life um, many years ago, and he has been helping me on this spiritual journey. And I want him to help everyone else. Uh, so again, uh, we are a sacramental people. So I think this is God's perfect timing of re-releasing this book so that we can have this conversation about the sacraments. And, um, you know, I, I just, when I say to people, you know, what are we up against? Because I think a lot of times, um, you know, I mentioned a little bit about, you know, we really don't know our faith. We really don't know what we have received. You know, I think we sometimes just go through the motions. Um, you know, it's kind of like we just kind of, you know, all of a sudden we're six years old and we're receiving our first Holy Communion. And of course, there's a big party and the family comes around and, you know, it's this big celebration. And the same is true when we were confirmed, you know, there's the celebration, the party, but we never really think about what we just received, you know, what great, great grace entered our soul. Um, because sometimes there's social events. Um, we look at them as a social activity, you know, and even sometimes weddings, you know, it's just a great uh, opportunity to get families together and celebrate. But uh, when we think of what happened, uh, you know, again, when that sacrament was conferred upon the couple um wow <laughs> wow you know uh we we missed the mark we we think about the dress and how handsome the the groom looked but what just happened during that celebration of the mass um and the exchange of vows it's just so powerful so powerful but um you know the devil is busy and of course he just wants to destroy the sacraments he doesn't want us to go and partake of the sacraments and so there's been this attack for years to uh, undermine the sacraments and um, again the introduction of the book that i penned i make mention of this uh, undermining of uh, the sacraments and uh, also mention our responsibility to share the sacraments you know so Again, I bring to my assistance uh, a great priest, Father John Harden, uh, God rest his soul. And he uh, wrote a great deal on the sacraments and was a contemporary with Sheen. And so um, I share a little bit of his wisdom in the book also, but uh, he makes a great a mention of the undermining over the years. And, and we see it. We see it. I think if you're honest and you look at the state of the church today and 
where people are at. Uh, there's been a lot of undermining done uh, for quite some time. But uh, uh, George, uh, sorry, I, sometimes I get, I get on these roles where I just, you know, you want to share and share and share. But uh, I know you, you have a lot to say and because uh, you, you've had a great deal of experience, um, you know, as, you know, teaching the faith. But I remember there was a point years ago where you were just trying to consume everything that you could read on the faith. You were so hungry. Uh, to learn. And I know Fulton Sheen, uh, you know, came into your life and you enjoyed uh, some of his writings on your journey um, as a student. And uh, so, again, uh, the floor is yours. The floor is mine, yes. Yeah. So, uh, I've been told to, 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 let, to let people get on a roll here on the show. You know, don't cut them off. Don't. Uh, so we're working on that here. So, but definitely it, it was the case that yeah at a point in time i was trying to consume as much theology as i can as much content as i can i i'm always trying to learn more and more theology more and more of the faith more and more every single day and look at things from a different dimension i think it's really important and bishop fulton sheen especially on the sacraments and and his videos very much and he's i think that's a really time more than his writings actually me personally uh, his videos were very inspirational for me. Just seeing a bishop there um, speaking, especially on the sacraments. And I think that the biggest sacrament that is uh, the source and summit of our faith and center of our faith is the holy sacrifice of the mass. And the holy sacrifice of the mass is, is essential to our lives. I know many people around Sydney, many people around possibly Ontario, Canada, uh, locked out of mass at the moment and we can't get to mass we have to watch it live and it's not the same to have it live uh, look I've been fortunate to have mass <laughs> uh, possibly once uh, during this lockdown or twice but but many people missed out on this sacrament we've lost grace intrinsically speaking many people think that just watching watching mass through through the television is enough or there is some grace in it but you're not we're missing out on the actual grace of participating in the sacrifice of the mass and not only that but the sacrament of confession i think those two are the key for for many catholics to come back i think the sacrament of confession is key and we need to recat if we could recatechize people i look at it holistically if we could recatechize people just on the sacrament of reconciliation, confession, teach them what it actually is, culminate with just it, 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 with the whole sacrifice of the mass, we would change people's lives. That's all we have to do. There are some, I believe, in catechesis, there are pivotal points, just like, or you could call it, I would, I'll go with the word pivotal point, that sometimes we don't need a direct energy everywhere in, catech in catechism. All we need to do is look at the essentials, the mass confession. If we teach and educate people, let's say students at school, just on one or two things that are very serious, that hold a lot of weight, we can get them back practicing their faith. For instance, I'll give you an example. Here's a sociological experiment. In my school, I won't name where, but the only thing that I remember that was sufficiently we were catechized on properly, and, and that's the only thing I remember. That, uh, I, I was studying my faith here on the side. I was going off, you know, missing days of school to study, you know, theology and learn my faith. So I didn't, I didn't really rely on the, the curriculum. But from what I know, based on the standard of someone at that point in time in, in grade 10 or year 10, I knew my faith sufficiently by that time. And I noticed in the classroom, in, in our entire year, all the teachers at the same time taught what the mass was, that the body, blood, soul, the village of Jesus Christ was the Eucharist. That was the one thing that they taught well, they clarified and they made sure everybody knew. And it came as a shock to everybody that this actually was the body, blood, soul. And it shocked everybody so much that I remember the pre, that the next uh, Friday we used to have school masses on a Friday. 
nobody got up for communion. The teacher all of a sudden got up, stood up and told everybody, all right, it's time for communion. Everybody sat down, maybe two or three people, a couple of people here and there got up for communion, but the rest sat down because they were educated about that one thing. And it was a serious, it held, it held serious weight. I mean, being the body, blood, soul, and the vineyard of Jesus Christ. And from there, people started, I noticed, to inquire a little bit more about their faith. Or if we, we catechize people about confession, seriously. And, and when I took up for about a year and a half uh, teaching school students, uh, I volunteered some time. I had some time for about a year and a half, about an hour and a half. Uh, I think it was about close to an hour a week catechesis. Uh, I volunteered at a public school, a state school. Um, and I had a curriculum, but I, I never followed it. What I did was I chose what I would teach them. They have a limited attention span. I'm going to teach them several things about Trinity, about the Eucharist, about confession, about going to Mass. And those are things I focused on. And at the end of the day, they, a lot of the, the kids, they really realised a bit more, a lot more about their faith than they had. And uh, I, I pushed encouraging their parents to take them to mass. And these were state kids, otherwise they wouldn't have had catechesis. So there are pivotal things that at least with the limited amount of time, even in a homily, for instance, a priest could use his time, maybe to not to talk about the fifth letter of a third century saint desert father in his fifth homily of the fifth <laughs> uh, sentence who spoke about mysticism but rather about the things that actually hold a lot of weight especially for our time so those are my thoughts that's my sociological experiment i thought i'd share that with you alan no and i think what you know as i listen to you i think of two things i think of uh relationship and um I think it's so, so important because, you know, what, when you think about, you know, if you ask people say, you know, what's your relation to Jesus Christ? You know, would you say he's my friend? Would you just say, well, he's just a man of history? Um, you know, again, relationship, because what Fulton Sheen made very clear is that our relationship with God is broken and it's broken because of sin. And so, um, you know, how do you rectify that? And again, you rectify it with confession. And that's why I think, as you mentioned, the Eucharist and penance or confession are two key sacraments that are so necessary. But if are taught well, um, it would foster that relationship uh, with uh, Jesus Christ. And, and I think this is what uh, I think is so key. Uh, because we don't really have many good friendships, you know, um, when you ask people to say, how many friends do you have? Well, you know, in high school, I thought I had 800 friends, you know, I thought everyone was my friend, and I was a very social uh, person. But, you know, as I, you know, not end my life, as I, you know, as I mature, um, you know, and get older, I realize I only have one or two real friends in my life. And, um, you know, but to know that I have this friend in Jesus uh, that has uh, grown over the years, but, you know, I've, you know, embarrassed my friend and I've done some, you know, silly things, but, uh, and I've, you know, damaged the relationship. Um, but yet Jesus continues to bring me back into his arms and forgive me. And of course, then he also feeds me. And this is one thing that, um, you know, anyone that is, you know, nutrition minded, um, but on a spiritual sense realizes that you need to be fed. And so uh, this is um, God's way of giving us that spiritual food. And that's why the Eucharist is so important. And I know, George, you made mention to, you know, watching the, uh, the celebration of the mass on video or television. Uh, but, you know, again, and, and, of course, many of us make spiritual communions. And, you know, the spiritual communion is a very beautiful and powerful prayer. And I know if done with a sincere heart, uh, that grace does come into the soul. Uh, but there's nothing like actually being fed with real food 
instead of digital food, you know, and so I think this is why it's so important to, uh, you know, as soon as the church is open in Australia, to get in line, and of course, that confessional line, and uh, clean up the soul, and then, of course, uh, go into the communion line to uh, be fed. Um, they can access confession a little bit earlier, you just have to make an appointment with the priest, but I think what they're real lacking is being before the Blessed Sacrament, especially in the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass. Another, another thing I'd interesting to mention is in those moments of catechesis, especially, for instance, I'll give you an example. When I engage in my discussion with Protestants, I often, I don't sideline to different topics uh, like Mary, saints. You, you might answer them on the side. I think essentially what I get straight down to is the, 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 the load-bearing foundation which is whether the Bible was canonized by the Catholic Church or not. The Bible, which is the sole authority of Protestants in sola scriptura, in their belief, can be explained or can be refuted just by showing that the Catholic Church's authority is what brought you the Bible through Pope Damasus I in the councils of Carthage and Hippo. Uh, where the the synod fathers they discerned it and then it was pope Damasus the first that rectified um codified the canon uh that we have today and because of the authority of the catholic church the holy trinity the authority of the catholic church there's some things which we can center ourselves on to prove the faith and the sacraments especially are uh, uh very serious seven things that we can prove and, and focus on if we can focus on those seven things we can do amazing things and then that can build up people's faith. Then they can start learning more and more. I think the foundational things are important, but now we have to take our break before we have an open line to call in here with your questions or comments. Uh, you won't be able to call in this week. So put the calls into an email. So email us here at thecatholictoolbox.gmail.com. That is thecatholictoolbox.gmail.com with any of your questions or comments, because we want to hear from you. We, we are looking forward uh, to be able to take calls once we're back in the studio here after the Australian lockdown here in New South Wales. So it, don't forget to email us at thecatholictoolbox at gmail.com. So stay tuned here. We'll be back shortly. My name is Father Damon Seifer. I'm a member of the Priestly Fraternity of St. Peter, which is the Latin Mass Order. Our order has been ministering to the faithful in Western Sydney uh, for about 20 years now. But we think it's time for us to find our own place to be able to build our own church. So we're really encouraging people to make donations, perhaps even dedicated to monthly donations so that we can forge to take on perhaps a mortgage for this great endeavor. So we would like to in the long term, build a traditional church for the celebration of the traditional liturgy in the Latin rite. We would encourage you to think about this, to pray about this, and see if God is calling you to uh, commit to helping us with this great endeavor to build a new church for Western Sydney. Welcome back to another week on the Catholic Toolbox, The Art of Practical Catholicism. I'm your host and founder, George Manasseh, here as we equip you with practical tools to live your Catholic faith in our modern world of today. We're continuing our discussion about a very important topic, that is the seven sacraments, through the lens of Venerable Bishop Fulton Sheen. And he sets us such a great example for us. We're continuing with our good friend, Alan J. Smith. But first, for those men wanting to make their rite of passage into manhood, Join our exclusive Rider Manhood podcast. That is my Rider Manhood podcast, where I take you through your journey to become a man. I'll be shooting off very shortly um, uh, with our podcast again. Uh, this coming, I believe, November, towards the end of November, we'll be kickstarting our short and sweet, straight to the point podcast to become and grow as a man. So don't forget to subscribe at the Catholic Tool, uh, theridermanhood.com. That is theridermanhood.com. Almost got me there. So we'll see you there, gentlemen, at the Rider Manhood. Now, we don't have an open line here because we are still in isolation from home. We're not in the studio. Uh, hopefully, we pray that we can get back in the studio very shortly after 
this New South Wales government allows us to do so after we hit the 70% vaccination mark, uh, we're able to get back into the studio. So don't forget, if you have any questions or comments, email them directly to me at thecatholictoolbox at gmail.com. That is thecatholictoolbox at gmail.com. We'll take your questions or comments here for Alan J. Smith, anything regarding the sacraments and specifically anything about Bishop Fulton Sheen and how he's inspired you. So we're waiting for your questions or comments. Now, I'll kick off with a question of mine. And that is, how does Bishop Fulton Sheen inspire the laity, especially after Lumen Gentium's declaration of the universal call to holiness? How does he inspire the laity to undergo and take initiative with the apostolate? Right. Um, you know, Fulton Sheen was, um, you know, understood by so many people as being, you know, enthusiastic about uh, some of the documents of Vatican II. And of course, um, I think when people study, I don't want to say the movement, but um, the movement of the church, it was to incorporate a little bit more interaction with of course, the people in the pews. And sometimes people were critical to saying that the church was, you know, um, kind of just pray, pay, and obey. Um, you know, not to, to kind of be so, um, you know, bold in saying that, but uh, sometimes that was what people were thinking. But it was this idea of the challenge was, uh, was made to say, you know, live your faith, share your faith, and of course, teach the faith. And um, again, it's that responsibility that we have. And I think this is what we don't understand, especially during the sacrament of confirmation, that it's a sacrament of martyrdom, uh, but it's also a sacrament to um, engage the culture, that this is your chance now to start teaching the faith and sharing the faith. And I think that's especially true. And um, how many of us, uh, you know, come away from our confirmation uh, on fire on fire to teach the faith and yet that's what the sacrament um, asks us to do and uh, you know we receive these great graces when we're baptized but we're all most of us are infants and so we can't really um, utilize those graces in the form of teaching the faith and um, you know engaging the culture um, but with the sacrament of confirmation and the indwelling of the Holy Spirit now we're on fire but um, I think it was this whole idea of your responsibility and knowing what your responsibility to teach the faith is um, is part of the Great Commission and uh, many of us hear the Great Commission but we don't act on it and yet Fulton Sheen was reminding us to you have a duty to act on it and your soul depends on it so uh, again I think it's this whole idea of um, you know, many of us still fall into the traps of just sitting in the pew and just saying, no, I'd rather just, uh, you know, sit this one out. I don't want to, um, you know, I don't want to dig. I don't want to become a student. So maybe, maybe that's kind of a thing. There's a, there's a spiritual sloth that sadly um, can affect us all. And I think Fulton Sheen would uh, give a weekly reminder. Whenever you listen to one of his talks, be it his video presentation or an audio file, there's always that little um, call to action, call to action where he um, not guilts you. I don't want to say use guilt, but he does make you think about, you know, what are you doing? What are you doing? And what are you not doing? Because I know during the mass, we usually say that prayer, you know, Father, forgive me for the things I failed to do. And uh, we ask the Blessed Mary, Vir the Blessed Virgin Mary's intercession. But uh, again, it's just, uh, George, it's one of these things, I think it's, um, uh, we can't sit idle. And um, again, sometimes we need someone to just wake us up. And um, again, who better to do that than Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen? Because he wasn't afraid to get out there, get on the television, get on the radio. He really embraced the Second Vatican Council's call to, to go out there and, and the evangel, I think you really led by example as a bishop, the laity, because the Second Vatican Council calls for this, uh, not just 
it doesn't, I think the biggest misunderstanding is that it called for throwing out clericalism altogether, but it wasn't. It was to say that the church shouldn't just be clerical and that we need to engage the laity to go out, evangelize, but we, we keep the clerical state and the clerical identity at the same time. But obviously the clerical identity is not going to be the great influencer anymore in society because who looks at your local type, who looks at the bishops conference in any country and says, oh, wow, there's such a great influence on governments, on policy, on, on the world. They're not. It's you and I out in the real world, especially I know because you have a job as a plumber. You're a plumber by trade. You're out there. You're in people's homes, as you explained beautifully. And because of that, you're able to reach people. I mean, it seems often that our work is by its very nature, uh, you know, the Catholic Toolbox or your show. But it really isn't. It's, it's this work and these discussions need to be able to aid us in going out there and being a better uh, apostle in the world and evangelize and have conversations with people. And even Catholics who might meet that are credit Catholics to bring them back to the faith and help them with their faith. That's the real work out there. And, 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 and I'm sure Bishop Oshinshin never saw his radio as, as the end, but it's a means to an end. Yes, but I think it's, it's what you had also said that you have an opportunity in your work, um, in your day-to-day activities to live the faith and share the faith. And uh, I think this is sometimes we sometimes can, the devil almost wants to tell us a lie to say, oh yeah, your faith is just Sunday only. Just, you know, go to mass on Sunday and then just forget about it. Okay. But the rest of the week is, it's yours. Okay. Do your duty, go spend a half hour, 45 minutes at church and you're done. Um, and so <laughs> of course we know that, uh, you know, sadly uh, that's what many people do, but still we have this opportunity to live our faith 24-7, seven days a week, and do it, I think, even through our jobs. And um, again, as I said earlier in the program, it's about relationship. And to really just say that um, the relationship was severed uh, through sin. And of course, uh, God, in his great love for us, gave us the seven sacraments and uh, to feed us and nurture us and to re, um, I, I guess, want to restore that relationship. And I think this is one thing I really stress, you know, in the book uh, is this idea that uh, these are the means of grace, uh, the divine channels of grace that God has given us to uh, get us back, get us back into the sheepfold, get us back into the family of God, and to restore that broken relationship. And so, uh, again, that is one of those things. And let's talk a little bit about uh, Bishop Sheen's uh, after the Second Vatican Council and uh, how did it change before because uh, what year was he born again if you want to remind yeah. me. Uh, so eight, 1895 yeah. and he was ordained a priest in 1919 and you know people when they read his writings from you know his first book in 1925 um, you know through to his last book in 1979 um, again, you can see in his earlier writings, the influence of the traditional Latin mass and uh, how, um, again, it was very clear and concise, but for all of those years, it was the only mass that people knew. Uh, there isn't this idea that we now sometimes uh, will say to our friends, well, what mass are you going to go to? Are you going to go to the extraordinary form? or um, I don't want to say the ordinary, extraordinary, or the new or the old mass. I mean, we have to be clear with language here, but we, we do have choices, but at least, you know, Fulton Sheen's early writings, they were very um, in theme, in line with the traditional, those people who consider themselves traditional. I like to say just consider themselves Catholic because it's just pure Catholic teaching. But when the transition happened and uh, Vatican II was over and then people were watching Fulton Sheen and saying, okay, is he going to be a, a traditionalist and is he going to kind of uh, be a little bit like Archbishop Lefebvre and say, um, you know, hey, there's still problems here. We can't compromise here. Uh, but, you know, Fulton Sheen just embraced, uh, he always embraces the Holy Father and uh, is loyal to the Holy Father and, of course, loyal to the Eucharist and 
he's Eucharistic, he's Marian, um, yet he gets very papal too. And so he says, well, let's do the best that we have with this new movement. And so, um, you know, his writings uh, geared towards family. Um, and he wrote uh, his books after Vatican II were, um, you know, penned. I, I love one of them is called Foots, Footprints in a Darkened Forest. Um, and in that he was almost saying to everyone, you're going to have to look for the footprints of Christ to get you out of this dark, dark forest. And um, uh, he kind of knew that things may get darker. And uh, again, to show you the light. And so, uh, and he also wrote a book on to, to parents and children. Like he, he really loved families. And so um, he, got, he got very pastoral in his writings after Vatican II, uh, but towards uh, guidance and family life. Uh, but still, uh, I think he was very enthusiastic but he was enthusiastic about the faith because he wanted people to have the faith. And, you know, George, you mentioned about your interaction with Protestants and you love to point to them about the Bible. Uh, but, you know, when I interact with Protestants, I always say, you know, I could be Baptist. I could be Methodist, but I choose to be Catholic. And this is why I choose to be Catholic, because there's the daily Eucharist, the mass every day. Uh, the sacramental life, the examination of conscience and confession. And it's like, so again, I used to always say, you know, I, I could be Baptist, I could be Methodist, but I choose to be Catholic. This is a choice. And I choose because it offers the sacraments. And uh, the other churches, you know, do they have it? In many cases, no. So uh, again, just my little shameless plug for the church of why to... Uh, you know, remain Catholic, and if not Catholic, become Catholic, so, uh, because the sacraments are waiting for you. And let's go through the, which, but let's pick a sacrament here now, which okay. yeah. sacrament, and give us some reflection on that, and let's discuss some practical tools now here before we end. What are three right. practical tools that we can take start living this embracing the sacraments better through bishop sheen's lens because often we take them for granted we take confession we take the mass we take yeah. anointing of the sick granted for especially those at the end of their lives we often forget about it I've, I've been in experiences where there's been no priest no even even possibly the priest hasn't offered the the last rites uh what are three practical ways we in everyday life can better take action in engaging with the sacraments better and promoting it. All right. Uh, well, we'll, we'll consecrate on, we'll con consecrate, concentrate, I was going to say consecrate, but concentrate on the Eucharist. And so, you know, three practical uh, guides. It's that, you know, the first one is, is that we have to acknowledge that Jesus is here in our presence, in that in every tabernacle throughout the whole world, Jesus is there, and that we are sitting in our chairs right now in our homes uh, during the lockdown, but I know that Jesus Christ is in my neighborhood, that he's just down the street, that he's physically there um, waiting for a visit, but he's there. I have to acknowledge that Jesus is with us. You know, he's true to his word. I will not leave you orphan. He hasn't left us orphan. He has given us his mother, but he has given him given us himself, and he's there present. So wake up every day and say, Jesus lives in my city. Jesus is here with us. And I have an opportunity to acknowledge that he's here. And uh, so I think this is the idea. Do we believe in the real presence? And uh, yes, I do. And many of the listeners do too. But we need to acknowledge to say, Jesus Christ is with us. Christ is with us. And uh, so that's the first um, thing is acknowledging that he is uh, again present and hopefully there's that desire to want to visit him and uh, many people of course uh, practice what we call the holy hour and where they make a, a little visit to the church and stay and pray and uh, hopefully listen to the lord i knew a lot of times we love to just speak to the lord you know lord i need this i need that i got this problem got that problem like blah 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 blah, blah. but the scriptures are very clear 
listen. <laughs> Speak, Lord, your spirit, spirit, your your servant is listening. So we need to listen. So again, I just make it clear again. The first uh, tip is he's in the house. He's in the building. He's in your town. He's there. So uh, go and visit him. Go and visit him, right? Um, the second tip I think I could give uh, about the Eucharist is that, um, you know, it is truly the food. It is bread from heaven. It's the food that we need. I mean, you know, we can't go without food as human beings. Uh, and we can't expect to have a good, you know, a strong spiritual life if we don't receive, if we don't receive. And so, I mean, do we really have a passion to be well-fed, to know that our souls are starving? They're actually starving. I think this is what we don't even recognize, that we are starving. And yet, you know, uh, we need to fill that, uh, fill that and receive him. And of course, to receive him worthily. Um, you know, I'm not saying to everybody, oh, just go line up and as soon as you can receive the Eucharist. Well, again, receive the Lord worthily and go to, and have a good sacramental confession. Um, so, of course, and, you know, I think the third tip that I would um, recommend is that people would just have a awe have a Eucharistic awe that this is God. This is God. I think this is one thing that sadly I'm guilty of, and uh, I see it all the time, is that do are we ever in awe yeah. that God is coming down? And, and of course, at every Mass, he 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 comes under the like i mean i'm sometimes speechless and i know and i'll give you a little plug to your book um about the uh, you know the service toolbox and the one line that you recommend is that before mass you know take five to ten minutes uh, to just meditate on what is going to happen in the next few minutes at mass that god is going to come down and visit and and take you know, enter the sacred host and that he is now body, blood, soul, and divinity. It's contained in the host. Like we should be just in awe of God. <laughs> so I would say we need to have more Eucharistic awe that God is with us. So, um, you know, again, it's just one of those things, but in your little book, you, you just say, take a few moments to meditate on what is going to happen at mass. And um, boy, uh, I think we would just, um, you know, it would change the way we think and our actions. So again, those would be the three tips that I would give. That's absolutely amazing. And uh, I look forward to being on your show this coming Friday to speak about uh, the publication of the Service Toolbox, a short uh, booklet that we, that I released actually about a month ago, uh, over a month and a half ago. It's just a short book. If you want to get a copy of it, you can go to Prusa Media or simply Goop, type in Google, the service toolbox it's only about five australian dollars will be much cheaper in the united states and canada so if you want to get a copy of that for servers where top the top 10 things often forgotten a little bit of theology and a bit of a bit of sort of uh, criteria about how to discern should you be a server should you be someone that's in the sanctuary for, for reverence there but we have a question here that's emailed to us from mary and mary asks can anointing of the sick be given to a person more than once can a sick person be anointed online while we're in lockdown? Thank you very much, Mary, for your question here. Interesting question. Yeah. Um, yes. So the question is, is that you can receive the anointing of the sick multiple times. Um, you know, because again, one thing that people don't understand is that the idea of the anointing of the sick sometimes is misinterpreted as, oh, it's one and done. Like you're on your deathbed and you're going to receive the last rites or the anointing of the sick. The whole idea of the anointing of the sick is to hopefully pray that you become well. Uh, you are anointed with oil and prayers are, are said to restore the body and, of course, uh, restore the soul at the same time. And uh, Fulton Sheen uh, writes about a number of uh, people that he anointed um, the sick and they were they became well again. So again, the idea is, is to lay hands, to anoint with oil and pray for the renewal of the person and the renewal of the body too. So the healing of the body. So it's body and soul connection. 
but uh, I know many people that have had the anointing of the sick multiple times. And um, as you age, sometimes you always think, oh, it's now it's this condition or this uh, malady or this um, you know, problem. And again, the priest is generous in most cases and will give the, um, you know, the sacrament of the anointing of the sick. And so it's not one and done. You can have it uh, multiple times. It's, it's not required for salvation. It's not a salvatory sacrament. Uh, it's uh, it age of salvation, definitely. But it's if, if you if, for, if somebody were to die without receiving the last rites and they were in the state of grace, they would achieve their salvation by the grace of God. Um, and online, to answer that question, uh, no sac, uh, no sacrament from what I know can be carried out online. I think even even in the toughest of circumstances, in such extreme lockdowns. Bishops' conferences and 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 people cannot be uh, could never have been done online. It would have been convenient, but it just simply there are theological problems with receiving sacraments online, and that is uh, to for a sacrament to be valid, there has to be a form, a matter, and an intention. And so the form of the sacrament, being uh, what's uh, and uh, the matter, being. Uh, uh, both of these things um, through the right of the, the sacrament, obviously exercised. And then the matter requires obviously two physical people there physically present. So it proposes a, a matter problem possibly, but that's for theologians to debate. So cannot be done. That's the answer to answer that question. But uh, if you can leave us with your final statement, what do you think? we can do to take action and appreciate the sacraments holistically through the eyes of Bishop Fulton Sheen and grow in love for our Lord. Yeah. I, I still say to people, you need to buy a book. And I mean, it's not so much a, you know, a shameless plug for the book, but you need to have the resources. I mean, we're, we're all well-intentioned, but you know, if you don't take action and don't uh, buy a catechetical book if you don't buy a Fulton Sheen book you know to help teach you I mean again I will hold it up one more time just so people can see what the cover looks like it's Archbishop Sheen's book of sacraments and it's available Sophia Institute Press is the publisher and uh, you can find it on my website bishopsheentoday.com uh, of course Amazon and uh, all the other anywhere where fine books are sold uh, but again, Archbishop Sheen's Book of Sacraments, I think every Catholic home should have a copy of this book, uh, because it's a resource manual for life. I mean, we're going to partake of the sacraments during our life. We're going to hopefully pass the sacraments on to our children and teach them. So uh, again, we all need a good manual on marriage and the sacraments, and who better to uh, have as a trusted source than the venerable Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen. And I say venerable in the sense that the church has approved all his writings. Um, this is all church approved. Um, you know, it's, it's you, know, you just trust it. You have to trust it. And so again, everybody needs to have the resources in their person, on, 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 um, in their house to go to. It's almost like I could say, read the Bible, but if you don't have a Bible, um, you can't read the Bible, you know, maybe you can do it online, but still, you need to go and make that investment. Um, and so uh, it's the investment in your soul. And uh, again, unless souls are saved, nothing is saved. A great famous line from Fulton Sheen. And uh, it's kind of a bit of my motto also. Uh, it's very important to save souls, but especially our own. Thank you very much for being with me here tonight. Alan, always a pleasure to have you here on the Catholic Toolbox Show. And I look forward to being on your show this coming Friday for those interested and it probably will air a little bit later, but I enjoy, um, I definitely enjoy chatting with you uh, and thank you for being with me here on the Catholic Toolbox. Oh, you're welcome, George. I know we would need nine, 10 hours to go through the book properly. And, uh, you know, again, the faith is not just something you do in five minutes or 10 minutes. Uh, there's hours and hours, but again, thank you for having me and love to come back again. Uh, again, Fulton Sheen wrote 66 books. So there's lots of content there that we can share. Absolutely. So don't forget to subscribe to the Catholic Toolbox podcast after listening to this episode. It will be available and wherever you get your podcast. So simply follow us on the podcast at The Catholic Toolbox. You'll see our logo. 
click follow. Don't forget to go to YouTube. We're now on YouTube and we're especially putting a lot of effort into YouTube. So go to our YouTube channel at The Catholic Toolbox. That is The Catholic Toolbox. You'll see our symbol there. And don't forget also to follow us on Mighty Networks. We're on Mighty Networks with, uh, with the Perusia group there and everybody there. So follow us on Mighty Networks. If, you, if you're unhappy with your general social media and sometimes cannot find us uh, as a result of the algorithm, you might want to find us for sure on Mighty Networks. So follow us on Mighty Networks. And you've got, you can also follow Alan J. Smith there with his work on Mighty Networks. That's where it's, it's becoming a Catholic hangout there. So YouTube, podcast, Mighty Networks, follow us there. And don't forget also, if you want to subscribe to our, your weekly podcast alert and your blog and our blog, uh, you can go to thecatholictoolboxshow.com enter your email address and you'll be kept up to date with our activities. So thank you for tuning into the Catholic Toolbox, the art of practical Catholicism. I'm your host and founder, George Manasseh. Until next week, God bless, take care and take action. In this era of grave spiritual crisis, it is not enough to simply know about your Catholic faith. That is why we need a Catholic toolbox to equip us with the practical skills necessary to live our Catholic faith to reach our ultimate goal, which is heaven for all eternity. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Join us every Tuesday night at 8pm for the Catholic Toolbox as we hand you the tools to go forth, live the faith and change our modern world today. Live on The Voice of Charity.